0: Talk Description to Me with Christine Malick and J.J. Hunt.
1: Hi, I'm Christine Malick.
0: And I'm J.J. Hunt. This is Talk Description to Me where the visuals of current events and the world around us get hashed out in description-rich conversations.
1: We wanted to start today by talking about sports, professional sports, particularly uh, in lockdown. So as with pretty much everything else in our daily lives, it looks quite different. And you um, in, in Canada, for example, people are pretty excited because Toronto and Edmonton are hub cities for the NHL, which is starting up soon, and there's basketball action, and there is uh, baseball action, and all of these things are happening uh, in different ways, and they're also happening in a very turbulent social time, and I've been hearing things, JJ, about the Toronto Raptors uh, and Things they've been doing with their uniforms. Can you say something about that?
0: Yeah. So the the, the Raptors, I th- I think it was at the end of last season. Um, there was some idea that, or or it might not have been the end of the season, but they went before the shutdown. Uh that there some players were were uh suggesting they wanted to wear messages of protest on their jerseys. A lot of basketball players when they arrive at the stadium, when they're having press conferences, they will have t-shirts or, or uh, emblems of some kind that that have political messages. Lots of Black Lives Matter, for example. Um, and uh, there was some idea that the league was gonna let them put messages on the backs of their jerseys instead of their names. So with the NBA kind of coming back, uh, the Raptors, in particular, said that they wanted to put their messages of protest on the back of their jerseys. And i I've, it's been hard to find images of these. It's, it's a, being a little bit hush-hush what they exactly look like, but I believe these are going to be their black jerseys with gold lettering and uh, with the gold message on the back. Uh, kind of arching over the back of the shoulders where their name would normally be. Now they had some ideas for what political messages they wanted to put on them. And the league said, no hold on, slow down. And so they gave them a list of approved messages that they could put on the back of their jerseys. So the Raptors, my understanding is it's been reported that they'll be wearing um, jerseys that say Black Lives Matter, education reform, equality, say their names and see us those are the messages that have been approved and some of the raptors are not overly pleased about this you know making a political statement that is uh, approved by your bosses is a uh, you know not much of a political statement i think would be uh, uh, the argument there
1: um for purely informational purposes Can you make a very rough guess of what proportion of NBA players look to be black?
0: I'm going to get that number up because, I mean, it's going to be high. According to uh, Wikipedia, which of course is the uh, all-knowing... The fountain uh, of all knowledge. All knowledge.
1: I love Wikipedia.
0: (laughs) So uh, according to Wikipedia, by 2020, nearly 80% of players in the NBA are black or dark-skinned players. Okay. Um, Now ownership and uh management that's a whole different thing yeah this has been a big problem for the league for a while because uh uh, you've got a group of players whose contracts are owned a group of players who are you know 80 percent of them are black and uh, the owners are not and the upper management is not so uh it creates some tension
1: do you know if other nba teams have been having a similar conversation about their uniforms?
0: Yeah, I think there are. I, I think it's definitely something that uh, that other markets are talking about, other teams are talking about. Of course, we get a lot of it uh, here because you and I are both from Toronto, so we get a lot of that messaging. But the Toronto team does seem to be very political. For example, they they painted their buses, their, their tour buses, uh, all black and have big Black Lives Matter uh, you know, branding right across the, oh, the, the wow. top of the bus, and oh. then the and then a logo at the back. Yeah, it's actually really interesting. I've seen those images being, uh, you know, uh, passed around on social media, and sometimes they're passed around with a political message that is like, um, "Don't trust Black Lives Matter." They say they're helping their communities, but they're taking all the money that's donating that's donated to them, and they've bought buses so they can bus protesters in from city to city and they show a picture of these buses from the Toronto Raptors it's like that's that's (gasps) whoa yeah oh
1: my god you have to
0: either ignore or uh digitally erase the Raptors logo from the back of the bus because it's you know it's still branded. It's still a Raptors uh, vehicle. So interesting.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. So yeah. um, baseball games are actually being played. And now I was actually talking with a friend of mine who is sighted and um, about the audio that's been coming out because apparently they're putting fan, fake fan noise <laughs> yeah. in. And a, a blind person, anecdotally, I heard about said, I hate that, but yeah. uh, my sighted friend liked it. And so yeah. it made me conscious of the deep weirdness that must be the the contents uh, of a, a modern uh, pro baseball game. So, yeah. w- what does it look like?
0: Oh, weird is the word. It is so strange. And yeah, my son's a big baseball fan, and he and his buddy they listen on the on the radio, and uh, and the sounds are different. So they are pumping these cheering noises it's mandated the league says they have to
1: yeah uh, i heard so, that that's funny. <laughs> that's funny i wonder i wonder about that but yeah topic for it. another podcast <laughs> that's
0: right it's a choice it's a yeah, choice it's a choice and but the, but it's not at a super high volume uh so one of the things that my son and his friend like about it is that if there's a if there's a big play you know uh, crack of the bat you can hear it clearly the ball <gasps> soars up into the air and there's not there's there's a you know, a quieter cheering noise that's being pumped in, but it's not loud and boisterous. So then you can hear the outfielders yelling, I got it, I got it, I got it. And, you know, calling the others away. Oh, you've never heard that before, right? Exactly. This is oh, totally wow. new. So it's, it's interesting because you, you're hearing a different game um, than you would have heard before because you get to hear some of the some wow. of the quieter sounds. And, you, you know, you can hear them congratulate each other. But where it gets really weird is, it, you know, when this is being filmed uh you know so say that same hit big pop fly into the outfield the outfielder runs back they calls off his teammates makes the catch now the camera is filming the player making the catch and you can see the stands in the background behind him, the bleachers which are totally empty and then he makes the catch and the cheer comes up yay (gasps) but it's
1: Oh that's totally so ghostly. Empty. That is so totally weird. ghostly.
0: <laughs> so strange. <Whoa. laughs> now like the the New York Mets uh what they decided to do was they printed up thousands of cardboard cutouts of supporters <gasps> so that they could populate the stands behind the behind the catcher oh. so that when you when they're filming this like the pitch <laughs> comes in the batter's standing there the, and in behind are all these like <laughs> these cardboard (laughs) torsos of it's like the weirdest
1: do they make them look different do they have Uh, fun with it or do they just look like they are
0: like the same no they're all different kinds of people uh and so i'm not (gasps) sure what they did like did they ask seasons ticket holders to like (laughs) email in a picture of themselves and they printed them up or if they went on like a stock photograph like website and they printed up but it reminded me of like there's a There's a scene in a great Steve Martin movie. I think it's the jerk where he has a, he's a lonely guy and he has a, no, maybe it's not the jerk. Anyway, he's got a, he has a party and doesn't have any friends. So he gets cardboard cutouts and he puts them all around (laughs) his house. And (laughs) it's a little Um. bit like that. Uh. Kind of sad in baseball and you got to print up your fans and like put them in the stands. Uh, But it's so strange. So one of my favorite things is the drama in a regular baseball game, the drama when the manager gets angry. So oh. in, a, in a normal baseball game, and I know you're a huge ball fan, so you know exactly what I'm talking about I,
1: here. Actually, no, that couldn't be farther <laughs> from the truth, but I'm interested.
0: <laughs> so in a in a normal baseball game, if there's a call at the plate or, or, or the, the manager is angry in some way, the manager who in baseball, by the way, the managers wear the same uniforms as the players. Oh, okay. That's a little weird. You don't see that in hockey for example. Like the manager oh. in a hockey game is, is you know is wearing the coach is wearing um a suit usually <gasps> oh. uh, you know on the bench. In oh. baseball they're wearing the same baseball uniform as everyone else is wearing, right? Oh. So yeah, this is a little you know little weird little tidbit for you there. Yeah. So the manager dressed in the in the baseball uniform storm out of the uh, uh, like out of the dugout race right over to the umpire and umpires they're big because they've got all sorts of chest protection on because they're standing right behind the plate right so they gotta Mm -hmm. have big chest protection on big guys and the managers come right up and they get right in their faces managers (laughs) and this is theatrical like you yell and scream and beat red and there's spit flying everywhere you might be poking the umpire's chest like like poking at it I don't think you can actually poke and then if if you're really angry then you start slamming chests right managers bump chests with the umpire and then maybe kicked. oh yeah it's re- the theatrics because there are things that you are not allowed to do and things that you are you know de facto allowed to do and so managers push it in some directions like they, they push this chest thumping because that's not fisticuffs right so you're bumping chests and you're screaming <laughs> and then at some point the My umpire God. throws him out of the game dramatic it's wonderful <laughs> it's hilarious
1: okay. so now
0: covid era the manager, super angry, storms out of the dugout, reaches into his pocket, and puts on his mask. <laughs> and the umpire storms over. He's gonna he's gonna fight his call too. And he pulls out his mask. And then they storm straight toward each other with their masks on. And they stop six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they have this fight, but like all the all the, all the wind's taken out of their sails. They're six feet apart. It's like we—you get the absurdity of the show of these, like these ridiculous fights. When you're like, okay, well, you can't you can't touch each other, and you have to stand six feet apart, and no spitting, and getting too angry. I totally
1: get what you mean. It it highlights the sort of absurd theatrics that, totally. that it normally is. It takes the veil off of that. <laughs> I've heard that. Um, players aren't allowed to what is it they chew is it chewing tobacco oh yeah they were spitting lots of is that that was banned is that right
0: oh i hadn't heard about it makes total sense Chewing tobacco uh, some chew like big wads of gum but spitting is uh is a big deal and same with like so you you're spitting all over the place that makes sense that that would be cut out Uh there are also some teams have unofficially decided they are not high-fiving Um, just to limit contact so like you know home run you run all the way around the bases all your teammates are waiting for you at home plate and you like bump elbows or you tap toes or they do the air five where you like you you pretend to high five but you miss on purpose yeah
1: oh oh I was very happy when one of our listeners asked about the the spacex launch which totally enabled me to to say hey i have all these questions and so um this is a a big deal because it's one of the first major uh collaborations between nasa and uh, basically between a public space agency and and private industry and so the spacex uh uh, Dragon is coming back, and and so we wanted to talk about the images of what it looked like going up, or what uh, what some of the yeah. great visuals were from the launch.
0: Yeah, I think I think Debbie on Twitter, who who put in this request, is your new BFF because I know you, you <laughs> wanted this. <laughs> oh, I was so happy when I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're you're right because this is a a, a private a governmental joint venture. Uh, it actually changes the images uh, quite a bit, like this is because this is a private venture there 's a, a, a different attention being paid to the design of this uh, of the craft and the and the um, the uniforms the the space suits and whatnot so uh, it 's an interesting thing to describe The launch was on uh, May thirtieth, I believe, and uh, it was a launch of a very tall, thin rocket called the Falcon. And the falcon is shaped like a candle, really long, tall, thin. and the crew Dragon capsule, which is where Bob and Doug, the two astronauts, I just have sit. to say
1: how much I love that they're named Bob and Doug. And <laughs> no wonderful. one ever said Doug and Bob. No Never. One they they. Bob no and Doug.
0: They. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I
1: was about to do it. And I stopped myself.
0: <laughs> I can't. I'm, I'm too much of a hoser, I can't.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the capsule is right at the tip of this uh of this long tall rocket this the falcon uh so it looks like a a tapered end to this tubular rocket and uh when when the falcon with the capsule is standing ready for takeoff it's standing supported by a tower of scaffolding they do the countdown you know the the, the the rockets ignite the and when the when the falcon rockets ignite the scaffolding drops away at the same time as the rocket begins to blast off the rocket shoots straight up into the air straight up with a long tail of flames that's pouring out of the bottom and the flames are in fact this tail of flames are longer and thicker than the rocket itself And it goes straight up. Then the flight path starts to curve a little bit. And they reach, I read something like 1,500 miles per hour, 1,500 miles per hour. And then I know it's incredible. And then like two and a half minutes into the flight, the rocket at this point, if you're filming from below, which a lot of people did, you're filming from the ground. At this point, two and a half minutes, the, the rocket is really just a speck in the sky. You're zoomed in on it. It's just a tiny little speck. The most of what you can see is this. Is some flame is the is the sparkling orange flame, and at that point the views, if you are watching any of the media coverage that's online or or on TV, the view switches from the from a gr- from coverage on the ground to onboard cameras, oh. and so at this stage we switch to a camera that is inside the rocket itself inside the long tube. So essentially what it looks like, imagine if you're like looking down a long toilet paper towel roll. Mm -hmm. That's what you're seeing. And the way these sections fit into each other, it's kind of like you got the long paper towel tube. That would be your Falcon rocket. And then you took a toilet paper tube and you stuck it on top of that. So you kind of, you know, you squeezed one into the other. Mm -hmm. So now you've got your shorter capsule on the tip of the longer rocket. And so as you're peering down that about two and a half minutes into the flight, suddenly the long paper towel roll gets pulled away phoom, and disappears because it's dropped. And the, and the camera is filming straight down the inside of those tubes. So you can see down the tube, suddenly the longer tube just vanishes, drifts away and the rest of the rocket continues to go. So now you've got the capsule with a smaller Rocket engine on the back, and there are a few separations. There are different separations for different missions. And eventually, what you get to is the Dragon capsule, um, looking more or less with with one section, uh, one tubular section still on the bottom of it, which has a uh, engines on it, and it looks at that point more or less like a bullet, right? A squat, short bullet mm-hmm. um, with four relatively small fins kind of spaced out around the base of the uh, oh. of the ship so that that so that it's got some ability to I don't know I, I shouldn't even say why I don't, What what do I know I'm way out of my depth here man
1: <laughs> you're doing great you're doing great
0: <laughs> and so inside inside this this space the the dragon capsule it's again like this was designed in a different way than other space missions have been designed, right? They wanted this to be, um, uh, to be something that the public would really get behind because they kind to have to sell it a little bit more, right? The, it's not a given that they're gonna get these contracts. They need excitement. So they actually went to, the makers, the SpaceX people went to a legendary Hollywood designer a costume designer who had worked on projects like Tron Legacy, and he helped design the outfits that are being worn
1: no by... No way! Yeah,
0: yeah they're, they're Hollywood I costumes.
1: No I about... Oh my oh, yeah. gosh.
0: It's, and so they apparently did a reverse engineering. They designed the, the spacesuits from a visual standpoint <gasps> first. And then they reverse engineered and fit all the things (laughs) they needed into it because the visuals were so important.
1: Wow. Oh my God. I know.
0: So, the ship itself, the Dragon space capsule, inside it's all white and black and gray, smooth curves on everything. So, everything looks like it's made of shiny molded plastic. Again, like we're talking 2001 Space Odyssey kind of <laughs> like a look to everything. The seats, which are apparently like race, they're based on race car seats. So, they're, uh, they, they, they are smooth and curved uh, up the hips so as you're sitting down in these things and you're kind of sitting back facing up towards the point of this capsule if that makes sense mm-hmm. so if you're sitting inside a bullet you're looking up toward the point okay and the the seats are kind of rounded molded around the hips a little bit and molded around the head so you're not being shaken or anything you're, you're being kind of held in fairly tight Mm-hmm. And there are integrated footrest bars on the seat so that when you're, you know, when you're in this position, you put your feet down and, you, and your feet have somewhere to sit. And then there are round porthole style windows on either side, like right beside um, the, the two astronauts, right beside Bob and Doug. And there, I've seen images where there are four seats inside the capsule. I'm not sure if there are always four or if there are just four for some missions, but I've seen two or four seats inside as well.
1: Hmm. And the
0: suits... So these like Hollywood designed costumes, they kind of look like futuristic fencing suits. So they're white, they're kind of made of a stiff fabric and it's a top and a bottom. So it looks like they're separate. I'm sure they're not, they must be uh, sealed, but it looks like it's a white top and white pants, very stiff, very clean lines. There are some minimal gray um. Uh, like decorations on it, so like gray patches at the shoulder. It's like a a, a sleek gray stripe uh, near the wrist, and one around the uh, uh, around the neck. And uh, and and the the suits have um, gray gloves, which are uh, you know you can. They're they're okay for using touchscreens because all the all the computerization, all the computer panels inside the ship are touch screen panels. So you got these gray gloves that are touch screen enabled. And a black, like dark, dark gray boots. They look a little bit like rubber boots. Um,
1: When you're describing, sorry, if I interrupt, um, you referenced they look a bit like fencing costumes. And so that's not an analogy that would occur to everyone, but is it the kind of aesthetic where most sighted people would look at it and see martial arts? Is that what they're meant to evoke? Oh, that's interesting. Or style?
0: It's I mean, it is a style like there's a futuristic quality to the cut, which is like very spare and very sleek and uh, sharp lines on the shoulders um, and clean and white. There's something minimal about these costumes. And so I would suggest that when you look at a costume like this as a sighted person, They're so futuristic. They don't even need all of the bells and whistles. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, this is not like a space suit of years gone by when it's like, wow, this is a suit that would protect you from anything. It's like, no, 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 no. This is just like clean white, stiff white panels of fabric down the front. And the helmets are integrated right into the suit. So these are like, they kind of look like full face motorcycle helmets that go down around the chin. And they've got the full face shield that comes all the way down, either tinted or not. Um, So what you you can see their full face uh, inside this helmet. And the helmet is connected to the to the body of the suit with the panel of gray fabric that goes all the way around the neck. So in the past, when astronauts were in uh, spacesuits and their helmets were connected, they'd have to turn their whole, their whole torso to move to see from side to side. You couldn't just move your head.
1: Oh, oh wow.
0: Yeah. So, so there's a very stiff kind of movement um, that is associated with uh, the, the visuals of, of people in spacesuits. And these don't have that. These look like like they're wearing like these fencing uniforms. And it is a funny one. I, I, I should mention that like the suit is integrated with the ship. So when they sit down in these chairs, there's like a little, um, they call it an umbilical and it connects to the suit. And as soon as they, they click it onto their bellies, their suits puff right up, they, they, they pressurize. Oh. And they are now connected and they are integrated with the ship. So they are, oh. they are both from a visual standpoint and a, and a technology standpoint, part of the interior of the ship at that point.
1: Whoa. Is that, um, that what you just described there? That's quite vivid. Is that something you had might have seen in previous shuttle or Soyuz uh, missions with astronauts, where there's a moment where they plug in and then they're yeah. part of the equipment? That sounds I'm very sh- dramatic.
0: It, it is. I haven't seen anything like that before, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, th- at this point, your most of the technology for these things is adapted from existing technology. Right. So I would right. guess that that would that would be something that has happened before with the integration of suit and ship. Um, but again, n- not designed like this, not with this Hollywood look, with this really sleek, minimal um, very futuristic-looking uh, uh, looking design.
1: Now, this is a terrible question, if anyone's listening who works for NASA, but I'm curious <laughs> as to whether Bob and Doug, um, since you've emphasized the visuals, uh, whether they... Might have been chosen because they're good looking now i oh, I feel terrible <laughs> to say that because I admire astronauts more than any other profession in the world, and so I'm sure that that's not true, but having said all of that about the importance of the optics um are yeah. they good looking guys
0: they these so these are two uh handsome. Uh, white guys, middle-aged white guys. One's a bit younger than the other. Um, but one thing I can say about them, because most of the time you're seeing images of these gents in, they're in their suits and you can just see their faces, but you can see their faces clearly. No hair, no beards, no mustaches or anything, just their faces. And they are always beaming. They are oh. smiling. Oh, they are loving this, oh. and they are—they are, you know, yeah, they're handsome men, and they got big smiles, and they—they they look, uh, you know, who's to say? But they—they—they they, they, they look like nice guys. They look like Bob and Doug. Well, they're they
1: astronauts. Like- they have to be nice guys. God, no one's gonna <laughs> want to be on a space
0: <laughs> station with a, Oh, come on! They want to—you want to be up there with it with a nice
1: hoser. They <laughs> gotta be nice. <laughs> Have feedback or suggestions of what you'd like to hear about? Here's how to get in touch with us. Our email address is talkdescription me at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is called Talk Description to Me, and our website is talkdescription mecom You can follow us on Twitter at Talk Description.